0: We had an incident where a truck left the station with just a driver when additional personnel were showing up. When the uh, driver was uh, questioned by the officers after that incident, his answer was, he didn't know they were there. That was the genesis of, of my of, of the idea. Enchanted Sky Media. This
1: is Code 3. The podcast for firefighters. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr.
2: That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again. Today, we'll hear from a fire department that tried for 14 years to get a new pumper. They finally got the grant and they've taken delivery of their new apparatus. But first, what paging system does your volunteer department use? Today we're going to talk about how a longtime firefighter turned his idea into a business. Captain Jeffrey Giordano of the Stevenson Volunteer Fire Department in Connecticut saw a need, so he invented the real-time volunteer emergency response system, known as ROVER. It's a solution for keeping track of volunteer resources that are available to go on runs. Of course, it does a lot more than just that, and Jeff is here now to explain. Welcome to Code 3, Jeff.
0: Good morning. How are you doing this morning, Scott?
2: Doing well, thanks. So what is Rover?
0: Rover is a tool used by uh, first responders to help manage resources. It's started... Uh, from the idea in my own fire, sir, in my own fire company, where we had an incident where a truck left the station with just a driver when additional personnel were showing up. Uh, when the uh, driver was uh, questioned by the officers after the uh, after that incident, uh, his answer was he didn't know they were there, and that was the genesis of, of my of, of the idea for me. This was when I first became a lieutenant back in I don't know 2001 or two. And, uh, and that was when I realized that I could actually do something and make a mark on the fire service by providing uh, a, a service. And, it, and, it, and it's just grown from there. My background itself is in software development. I write software for a living. And I've been a firefighter since I was 14 years old. That allows me, to, you, know, that, you know, when those two worlds came together, it was uh, a huge day for me.
2: So how long ago did it hit the market?
0: It took me a few years to sort of get, get my get myself together and actually uh, I guess build up the confidence to, to do it. And uh, we hit the market in um, I believe it was 2008 and uh, we've been growing we've been growing like crazy. We're actually in uh, three countries, uh, the United States, uh, Canada and Australia.
2: Now, is this something that anyone other than volunteer fire can use? Is it adaptable to other industries?
0: Oh, absolutely. This, any, any sort of on-call organization uh, can utilize our, our technology. We have, uh, just within our current uh, uh, customer base, uh, we have fire departments, uh, career and uh, volunteer departments. We have a, a lot of combination departments. We have EMS. We have uh, police. We have some animal rescue units. We have uh, some uh, con- uh, some Coast Guard units. We have uh, right. That's it, we have other rural fire agencies. But any agency where, that's doing on call. I mean, it could be as it could be useful for even uh, a tow truck, uh, a group of tow trucks. What you're getting is uh, what resources do I have responding? How long are they? How far away are they? And then there's the specializations for the fire service that give us things like access to pre-plant, access to water sources. Um, so as a, as a company officer, I can, as, as I'm moving towards my fire station, because at least in my department, uh, we're 100% on call, but as I start heading towards the station, I have a feel for what resources I'm going to have to address the incident that's, that's unfolding. Do I have enough resources? Do I have interior firefighters? Do I have a water source? Uh, and with all of those things, I can then start to build my initial action plan.
2: What does it require of the member of the force to do? I mean, they have to enter information about their status or what?
0: They press a button. There's an app. Uh, there's a couple, of different, a couple of different ways. After the call happens, right, we have the ability for, for folks who don't have smartphones. Because when this started, you know, if you think about it, uh, smartphones didn't exist.
2: Right, So what platform did you use at that point?
0: Um, when I knew uh, what and, and this sort of ties into you know some of the delay in terms of yeah you know, when we you know when I had the initial idea uh, and uh, actually got around to to, to, to to finishing the build was when I realized that my ninety five year old grandmother had a cell phone, I knew that cell phones were ubiquitous. And we started with you know the call came out. We could close that loop, right? You would dial us uh, a special number for your phone uh, for your for your station, excuse me and it would, it would uh, just note that, hey, Jeff's on the way to the station and he'll be here in five minutes. With now, in, you know, in, in the more modern world, you know, uh, smartphones are, are ubiquitous, uh, and they press a button on their phone. The, there's an app that we provide for Windows, uh, iOS, and Android phones, um, and Windows 10 devices. Uh, the device alerts, they can open the app, uh, they can just simply press a button. It's right on the, on the front screen of their, uh, of their phone, and uh, they just once they press that button, that's all they do. They're done interacting with their phone. So it's something they can do before they get in the car, before they start driving, before anything happens. And then every, you know, and then as they're moving, as multiple people start heading to the station, we'll give them additional uh, a unique audio tone uh, if they want to, if they enable that. So in my department, the way we've got it set is by the when there's two people heading to uh, the fire station, a special tone goes out. So I don't have to look at my phone. I don't have to take my eyes, hands, you know, hands off, eyes off the road, hands off the wheel, or, or whatever. Just based on the on the on the audible cue that I've got more than just myself coming to the fire station. Um, yeah. So that's that's that. You know, that's probably a long-winded way to say they press a button.
2: It sounds like a very simple user interface. So I'm assuming that you don't have a steep learning curve to teach people how to use it.
0: No, no. If you give a firefighter a button to press, he'll press it.
2: Of course. So has Rover made you rich yet?
0: <laughs> no. I someday I'm hoping to, to, to be able to uh, use you know be able to put my kids through college. Uh. But no, no. But it's it, it's this is a, this is love. This is uh something I do because I'm passionate about it. Uh. Like I said, my background is you know is is, in, is an engineer, and and the only way actually I think that I've ever actually made a sale on this is. Because when I get in front of people about the passion that I bring about the product and about the fire service.
2: Right. People are interested because you show the passion. Yeah. All right, Jeff. How do we find out more about Rover if, say, my department wants to use it?
0: Uh, They can hit us at uh, sales at spotteddogtech.com. They can hit our webpage, spotteddogtech.com. They can catch us on Facebook, uh, and it's at spotteddogtech.com. Or they can give us a call at 203-445-6536.
2: All right, Jeff Giordano, thanks for being with me on Code 3.
0: Well, thank you, Scott. Have a great day.
2: And if you want to hear more with Jeff Giordano, there's subscriber-only content over at Code3Podcast.com. Support.
1: If you've been thinking about making a monthly pledge to support Code 3, we have an even better reason for you to do it now. We've started a new subscriber-only benefit. It's called the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more material from some of our interviews, interesting stuff that didn't make it into the regular show, but only patrons get to hear it. So head over to Code3Podcast.com support and make a pledge of $10 a month or more, and you'll get immediate access to the Bull Session. Don't miss it.
2: Next, we turn to a 14-year saga of grant writing. If you've ever tried grant writing, you know it's an art. In Dante, South Dakota, they've been trying to replace a 1967-era piece of apparatus for well over a decade. Even that engine was converted from something else. The Dante Fire Department finally won an AFG grant last summer and got a shiny new Midwest pumper tanker. It's the first new apparatus the department has owned in 70 years. Joining me now from South Dakota is Chief Mike Kotab. Welcome to Code 3, Chief. Thank you. So if at first you don't succeed in getting a grant, try, try again. But 14 years...
1: Yep, um, it's been a long, long road to to get where we're at, where we're at, and getting the truck. But yeah, trying to persistence is the key on most of this stuff, and that's paid off for us.
2: So, did you have different people writing these grants, or did it, do you think it's just that the atmosphere at AFG changed?
1: I think the atmosphere at the AFG's changed a little in that. Um, there's been a lot of uh, Hand-ups for smaller departments and just all departments all around. So you know it's starting to come full circle, um, kind of where our need was was getting to be at the top where it wasn't previously.
2: Now I've heard that you needed some community support to pull off this grant. How much did people have to raise, and how did they do it?
1: We had to raise a, well. According to the grant, we had to raise five percent, but we built the truck a little bigger. Than anticipated, uh, than we originally projected, so we had to come up with somewhere between twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars out of uh, community support. Um, our budget, our annual budget, is only about seven thousand dollars. So, to raise twenty twenty-five thousand dollars is was quite the quite the task for us.
2: How did you pull that off?
1: Really good community support. Um, we. You know, we did a little fun drive, talked with our local community. Um, Our community is pretty small. There's 100 people in our community. So we went on the outskirts of town, um, the farmers, because we're a big ag community. So we went to them, because that's a lot of business. Uh, Went outside and and just approached them, told them what we could offer, you know, that, that we now have the ability to have. The added water source, water capacity of three thousand gallons, compared to we used to have a thousand. So they were they were very responsive and and happy to have this apparatus come into their community.
2: What kind of apparatus did this new one replace? I mean, I heard it was sort of a home built design.
1: Yep, it was a, a military originally built for military use as a 1967. Kaiser two-and-a-half-ton truck. Um, it was built by our uh, South Dakota uh, Wildland Fire Service. It was actually a loaner from them. Um, <laughs> That's a, a
2: long a, loan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we got it in 2000. Um, it was a retired military truck that, that they got, um, and we had it converted over to a tanker. Uh, with a, a small auxiliary pump on it to just be able to shuttle water, pump water to our brush trucks uh, or whatever need be. It was, uh, like I said, a 1967 model um, that we converted over in 2000, so it just had a little small poly tank on it and, like I said, a auxiliary pump.
2: This is your first new apparatus in over 70 years from what I hear. Yep. How's the rest of that fleet holding up?
1: Uh, the rest of the fleet, we have a, a couple brush trucks um, that we purchased over the years. They were used chassis, that, and we put slide-in units on. Uh, so, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the brush trucks are holding up pretty good. Uh, I think one's a 93 and one's a 97.
2: Sounds like a good deal of your preparedness is aimed toward wildland fires. Is that true?
1: Correct. Correct. This uh, this tanker tender or tanker pumper allows us the ability to uh, not only do structure, more added structure protection within our area, but it also lets us assist the mutual aid departments that we have um, within our neighboring communities that are eight miles on either side of us.
2: You must be really pleased that you were able to get the community support together to do this.
1: Yeah, you know, it was... Like like we said earlier, we had to raise twenty to twenty-five thousand. So we were really worried. I was because um, that's a lot of money out of a small community. So to get that support, um, to get the people rallied behind us was was really outstanding.
2: How big is your department?
1: We have sixteen people in our department.
2: That's pretty good for a hundred people in your coverage area. That's more yep. than ten yep. percent.
1: Well, and that's that's just in our community. You know, we, our coverage area, we have about 270 people in our coverage area. But even at that, 16 people is 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 pretty good, pretty good pull out of 270 um, within the, the whole coverage area.
2: When did you take delivery of the unit? Uh, a week
1: before Thanksgiving.
2: So has it gone on any runs yet?
1: Not yet. It is. It has been really quiet and really cold up here.
2: All right, Chief Mike Cotabs, thanks for joining me on Code 3.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
2: See, it's a story with a happy ending. Kind of makes me feel all warm inside. You can find a photo of the new rig at code 3 com slash grant. There's a link to the rover website there, too. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later.
1: Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.